Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris, and on this episode we'll be discussing Caution, Murder Can Be Hazardous to Your Health. (sighs) Originally broadcast February 28th, 1991, directed by Daryl Duke, written by Sonia Wolfe, Patricia Ford, and April Raynell, and starring George Hamilton, Peter Haskell, Not Enough Robert Donner, and of course, Peter (laughs) Falk as Columbo. And each time we're joined by special guests, this time it's audience favorite and Conan's very own best pal, Aaron Blaird. But before we bring Hi, on, everyone. Yeah, but before we <laughs> oh, bring... Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. All right. God. What's up with the fake-out introduction? Oh. Why, why would you say, you say my show. name? It's a format then... for the show for like the past three years, for Christ's sake. I don't listen to this shitty show. Jesus oh. Christ. Oh, my God. All right, sorry. Continue with your yeah, yeah. Uh, go on. You that's not you introduce someone and say, but first, before he comes in, I'm going to say something else. Now go ahead, say it, your piece. It's worked out what for two saying? dozen other guests, but you know whatever. It's well, your thing. anyway. But before we bring him on, John, you just Columboed me. You literally <laughs> just Columboed me. You're like and and uh, and introducing him, but one more thing. Yes. But before we bring him on, John, uh, trim the hedges for us, won't you? Well, sure, RJ. Uh, I thought this was a bad episode, and I didn't enjoy it. Back to you. Uh, if you could expand on that a little bit, please. Please. All right, just, I'll yeah. do what I can. RJ, it's sex crimes and cigarettes. The smooth-smoking, lascivious trifecta of murder. George Hamilton plays Wade Anders, the host of an America's Most Wanted-slash-unsolved-mysteries-type reality crime program who has a secret past of his own. Turns out Wade used to run around Starkers in old blue movies, throwing his dick around willy-nilly on 8 million. <laughs> These days, you could parlay that kind of youthful indiscretion into an exclusive branded fashion line at Kohl's, but not in the moralistic 90s. So when Wade's former rival for the Crime Watch hosting gig, 11 o'clock news anchor and walking mass of carcinoid lung tumors Bud Clark, threatens to expose Wade's sole internet adult film database credit, it calls for poison. Wade feeds his nicotine-hungry blackmailer some Virginia Mickey Slims and leaves him gasping and gagging, collapsed on all floors. Uh, all fours of the pristine floor of a palatial estate. Hey, just like in the porno. Porn, murder, hatchet jobs, and he's even mean to a puppy. The real mystery is what the writers of the show had against Robert Stack. But yeah. the other mystery is homicide, with only dog's paws, security tapes, and landscaping to lead Columbo to the killer. And now... Yeah, hey! Uh, thank you, John. Uh, I'm not telling tales out of school when I say, Aaron, that uh, the audience, our audience of our podcast, all uh, five or six of them, have been a bit divided on your previous appearance. It was a good Columbo episode in the 70s. You had some unkind words to say about it. But I'm going to say this one, I think the three of us are going to be a bit more agreeable a bit more in line with how this one turned out. Thanks for returning. Uh, hi, how you doing, Aaron? How'd you like this episode? How'd you like watching this thing? Wait, is this now the time where I talk? Yeah, please. Is this please, an actual please, introduction, or please, do you have one more thing to say? No, do no, you, I'm Do fine. you trim the hedges a bit more? Do you use no. a, a weird sexual euphemism that for some reason you asked Mr. Morris to do? Well, it, it wasn't This is me, right? Now yeah, I, now yeah, I yeah, No, okay. you're fine. You're fine. So uh, welcome back to the show. Um, Thank you. We, so yeah, nice we've been be doing here. It. Yeah, I'm sure. And um, so we've done this thing where uh, we've had folks who've done uh, '90s episodes come back talk about a '70s episode. You, we had a uh, good '70s episode, and then we gave you a '90s episodes, which uh, turned out to be uh, not not as good. Uh, so thank you for doing this. Um, I, actually, I'm going to ask uh, first off: Did you end up watching any more Columbo episodes except for this one since since we had you on a couple years ago, or no? No, that's just no. No, of course not. What are you stupid? No, of course. Why do I watch the show? The show sucks. But I will say this. Yes. I think you are possibly mistaken in lumping me in with you two sad sacks of shit who thought this was a bad episode because I loved this episode. What? I thought it was fantastic. I laughed a lot. I really enjoyed it. I like George Hamilton as a person, as an and as an actor. I thought, uh, you know, there's. Such a thing, you know, when you play hearts, 
uh, you know, there's a, you shoot the moon and you get all the hearts, you get all the points, and everyone else gets the gets the gets the losing points. That is what this episode did for me. This move, this episode shot the moon. I thought it was fantastic, and I will go as as far as to say um, that I enjoy, uh, and one of the reasons is that I enjoy any episode of television that uses kind of technology, the best technology of the day, uh, to try to make a point. Now, in this case, the technology, best technology of the day was a ridiculous fucking like, roving dumb camera and a bunch of VHS tapes and uh, sticky labels uh, and some weird cigarette poison. But I would go so far as to say that uh, maybe this episode was possibly a precursor with Sam Esmail uh, uh, creating Mr. Robot out of it because this could have been a, uh, a, uh, uh, a prototypical Mr. Robot episode. So I have to say, I truly enjoyed this episode. I laughed the entire way through. Uh, you know, the, why would you use... Uh, poison to kill someone uh, with a fucking cigarette bullshit and then the stains on the goddamn cigarettes uh, coming out uh, to be uh, Columbo's uh, weird uh, uh, clue. Uh, also, I watched this episode probably about six months ago and that's all I remember about it because I'm not going to watch it twice. Great. That's, uh, that might be a good opportunity to hit my first note and my first problem with the episode. Yes. If I, if Oh, I can't believe it got quiet for a second. Uh <laughs> I was wildly annoyed by that because we got the cigarette prep scene, the scene where Hamilton is is putting all the poison in it. And it's a typical kind of Columbo scene where you watch the murderer really carefully assemble the crime device. And also, I think it's really interesting because uh, cigarettes are such a, a wholesome, healthy thing. So it's very ironic that poison is put into a cigarette to kill someone. I, I was surprised right. they took that turn. I didn't think they do that. That's that's very bold. Imagine if he was rigging a gun is, with poison. Yeah, I know. The thing is, I think you guys, I think you guys are not getting this. Oh, really? Here's the My, thing. You can't. Uh, on the you other can't hand, just could, look at this episode. What? Okay, go ahead. Sentence, I'm sorry. But that's okay. Make yeah. the rest of your point. Yes. All I was yeah, going Blair's to say. Yeah, being an RJ. Anyway, yes. They literally. Yeah, this is going <laughs> to be a real treat for the listeners who feel that there's too much interrupting in the show. Uh, all mm-hmm. I'm saying is, there's four minutes of him preparing the cigarettes. He he. I don't count how long it took him to actually like switch the cigarettes, and he dies and all that. And then Columbo shows up, and he figures out the cigarettes within like ten seconds. Well, and then also he figures the cigarettes out in ten seconds, and then spends five minutes explaining it to the audience uh, and the uh, other just cops. Saw it. Yeah, yeah. It's like we saw that happen. It's like oh, it's, this thing's got problems. But Blair loves Listen, it, so that's you- great. Here's the thing. How, how, how do we not get this? I, Explain it to us, man. You guys are not. You guys are, are missing the point here. Okay, sure, you're not seeing the sure. forest for the trees. There is a beauty. There is a beauty to a once great. I mean, not in my eyes because the whole Columbo is uh, a fucking stupid show to begin with. But <laughs> there's a beauty to what was once regarded as a great, beautiful, glorious show falling upon its knees, uh, and the the glass littered uh, crack cocaine. Uh, uh, strewn alleyways of popular culture uh, to the point where all the writers have just given up completely and and trying to make any sort of sense out of any kind of murder to the point where they're like literally in a writer's room smoking like, I don't know, what about if we put some poison in these cigarettes? Yeah, good one, Ricky. Let's make that the plot of this episode. Get fucking uh, George Harrison in here. What the fuck the guy's name is? What's what the guy's name again? Not George Harrison. George Hamilton? What's his name? George, George Hamilton. Hamilton. Whatever. All right. Yeah, yes. uh, right. Also a good musician. Also an underrated musician. And, oh, of um, course, yes. you know, but, but here's the thing. And it, it was wonderful. Just completely like, gave up. And there's a, be- there's, a, there's a beauty in that. You know what I'm saying? Like a Fight Club-esque beauty in just writers just absolutely fucking giving up well, and not it's... getting a single shit about their audience. Well, that's like, a put thing. poison in cigarettes. You, you bring that up about the writers. These three writers of this episode... They never wrote anything before this. They never wrote anything again. This was the only thing they, they ever wrote. They, they took their own lives. Yeah, I don't know. Them. But John, he's done some research. These these people, what what the heck? Are, where did these people come from? I'll, uh, I have to give some credit here. A lot of the research was done by our friends across the pond on the Columbo podcast. Oh, good for them. Thank you, sirs. Uh, they did a little research. They even found one of the writers. So uh, the way it works is that of the three women credited with writing this episode, one of them acted basically as courier for the other two. She connected, she was a personal assistant of uh, Peter Falks on a single movie. Oh, okay. and uh, oh, wait, 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 which, which to, film? 
Do you know? Uh, God, I don't remember. I can, I'm just going to assume it was that uh, one where... Uh, oh, I can't remember it. It's one he didn't mention in this book. Um, where it was... The, <laughs> it's ah, one of his, like, his kind of late 80s, late 90s gangster movies they were casting him in that were, I don't think, yeah, remember. Not the best ones, yeah. Uh, Cookie. It was called Cookie. Yes, Cookie. That's what I was going to think. Yeah, yeah. Came out in 1989. Yeah. Written oh. by Nora Ephron. Oh. Man. No, there we go. Yeah, yeah, she Diane had she Beast had some in it. she had some misses though. That's not a good movie, but yeah. Brenda Vaccaro, Jerry Lewis has a role in it. By the oh, way. Oh well, then there you go. Anyway, so uh, that was that was April Raynell. She was the assistant for Columba or for Falk. Yeah. And she put uh, the other two writers, Sonia Wolf, aka Sonia Wolf, and Patricia <laughs> Ford. We're gonna get to her Perfect. in a second because I'm very upset with her. And uh, they wrote this. They wrote this script. And that's it. That's all they ever did. Now, our our, our dear friends... And, are, and apparently are... did one draft. One draft yes. of this script, and that's it. And they, they RJ, shot it. you aren't wrong. What? <clears throat> so... What? Our, our, again, our nice... Our... Gra- I love this. This is great. This is an look, insane story. Say, man. Look. Hey, look, man. You know what? Here's, th- here's something, right? Here's something. Andy oh, Warhol, God. right? Yeah, great Andy Warhol. If you guys will uh, follow me down this road, hold for a second. Andy Warhol painted a guy named Campbell's soup can, right? Everyone oh, thought sure. he was crazy. Oh, yeah. Hey, Warhol, you're fucking well, nuts. Hey, Mr. Warhol, you're crazy. I uh, cut to uh, one of the best and most famous artists of all time. Okay? That's true. So, yeah, they put, they put poison in the cigarette. It's stupid. It's stupid. However, <clears throat> is it stupid? Or yes. is it genius? Okay? okay. You know, I, I will say this episode uh, <clears throat> of uh, Columbo Here's why I love it, because it, it, it bears out my belief that Columbo's a stupid show anyway. So now oh, it actually is a fucking stupid <laughs> show, and I'm right. And you guys are wrong. So then, so where's your God now, I ask you two? Where's your God now? <laughs> you know? So, John, Who's you were right? saying. So, John, you were saying. Go on, John. Yes, please. Right, they wrote so, one uh, draft. Continue. They did one draft. Uh, the, uh, the folks from the, uh, our Scottish compatriots uh, yeah. contacted her on Twitter. They were able to find one of the writers on Twitter. What? Oh, my God. They wow. asked her several questions. <clears throat> now, we haven't discussed a lot of the context of the episode. I, I'm going to ask RJ first because I'm, yeah. I'm dreading asking Aaron. <laughs> yeah, please. But I, my opinion of the show was that there were a lot of – a little – actually, way too many moving parts. There was too much shit. Yeah. That was oh, going on. Nothing was – yeah, but yeah. You, would you agree that that was happening? <laughs> that was a little. That's a little. They, gotta, they, they maybe could have simplified things a little bit. That would have improved things. But anyways, yes, John, please. So, so here's what look, the writer man, you says. Look, you can't, you can't have a delicious gumbo without a lot of ingredients. You know what <laughs> that's I'm saying? That's true. You're just going to put a potato in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bunch of water and call it gumbo? No, you need no, a lot no, of ingredients not. to that's, make a really that's, good that's shit, too. Stew. Come on, yeah. Exactly. I would not actually put a potato in gumbo. Let's keep moving. Exactly. Well, all right, whatever. Uh, that's that, that's that a point. I wouldn't put a potato in gumbo. So, uh, Sonia Whatever. Wolf. I don't even know what is, what is gumbo. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. My point is, you need a lot of moving parts to make a terrible, delicious episode. Go on. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so Judy Lampu, who is who wrote this episode under the name Sonia Wolf, said, oh. "Peter thought we had too many clues, but we ignored mm. him and kept them all in." What? Now, yes. How the hell? Yes, what? Queen. Yes. How does that work? How does that work? Now, that's great work. That's gr- I'll tell you how that works. I'll tell you how that works. Tell Falk, you know what I'm saying? Look, that guy's had his day, all right? So it's Columbo, <laughs> big deal. Hey, look, Mr. Falk, you know what? We're trying something new, okay? We're trying something new. It's the 90s. Fucking so slow your roll, bro. We got this. Right, Back yeah. to my favorite episode of Columbo that I've seen out of two. Of the two. Of the two. Yes, that's true. Yeah. This is number one, and number two it's would your, be the other one. It's your number one favorite episode that you have been dicking and gassing the whole time. Yeah. Although I will say, no, you know what? You know what? My The other episode I, 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 that you guys forced me to watch, like the Clockwork Orange, uh, would be number eight, because this one takes the first seven plots. All right, that's how much I liked it compared to the fucking other bullshit episode you made right, me watch. Yeah. Well, I think all seven all seven spots are filled up by the seven different clues and yeah. uh, <laughs> order methods. Well played. Right. Well played. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Sonia Wolf, uh, who is Judy Lampu, uh, ignores the char- the actor who's played this role for thirty years and right. was a, a fish, was a close co- collaborator with John Cassavetes and Ben Gazzara because they knew better. If you would like to really Oh, this just made. I'm so angry. I why, why, why? What is it? 
Judy Lampu has one credit as Sonia Wolf as the writer of this episode, yeah. one IMDb credit in the art department of another movie, and a 1,600-word self-penned bio. Yeah. Uh, on IMDb? Oh. On IMDb. Oh, man. I'm buying that today. Wait. Uh, wait, bio? Wait. I thought you meant memoir. Sorry, I'm, I'm not kind of <laughs> Aaron, don't worry. She's. I, you know what? I would have bought it. I would have bought her fucking uh, memoir because I love her so much for writing this episode. I think we're getting You're in luck. It. You are in a lot of luck. She's, according to the last sentence of her 1,600-word bio. Jesus Christ, that's so many words. Yeah. Judy is preparing to publish her ebook Grief Rhymes with yes. Thief. Yes. Grief to be, you're gonna love this one. To be followed by her autobiography. What? Bitch on wheels. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Now, uh. guys, if you'll allow me, if you'll allow me to pontificate for a moment. Oh sure, please. I like to. I like to. I like to bring you back. I like to bring you back. I like to bring you back a few years to a little artist known as Skrillex. Okay, now Skrillex. <laughs> Now, obviously, widely uh, adored and respected in the oh, musical sure, community. Yeah. In the beginning, they said he was crazy, okay? People listen to me and say, Ugh, what is this noise? This is a bunch of glitches. This is a bunch of static. You know what I'm saying? This will oh, never yeah. be popular. Skrillex, you're never going to be popular, bro. Okay, they said that. What do you do in the music, okay? <laughs> However, he proved them all wrong, okay? And he made beautiful art that has made people cry, including me, all right? So, you take, what is this woman's name again? Sonia Wolf or some bullshit? That's her it pen name. Because she, she doesn't want to get approached in the street. So she goes by Sonia well, Wolf. Well, you know what? Yeah. Skrillex's no. real name is probably not. It might be Theodore Right, Skrillex, exactly. It's, so she's, she's doing the same thing. She doesn't want people yes. hassling her in real life at the grocery right. store. Exactly. At the 7-Eleven. Yeah. She turned what was formerly a quote-unquote well-respected show uh, and she took the uh, uh, genre of detective fiction and turned that shit on its head like fucking Skrillex. There you know what know. I'm saying? She yeah. fucking took she took the flaws and she highlighted them and elevated the art form to a whole other genre. All right? So you guys, something. all I'm saying is, when we will look back on the future of entertainment... <laughs> We right. are going to be able to to draw to to. This is the beginning. This is the mouth of the river, friends. This is the Mississippi Delta from which all other great art will grow in the future. Mark my words on this. And and Patricia yeah. Ford, through the whole process, uh, she will probably say in the at the uh, trials that she was only following orders the whole time. Yeah. I was Aaron are you mother knighting this shit? Are you mother knighting Sonia Wolf? You know. son of a bitch! I'm saying she you has are, not come out. She has not come out. Do you like say? I just use a Kurt? Do you like I just use a Kurt Vonnegut novel as a verb? Weirdly, I I don't read your nerd books. I don't know what they were talking about, but whatever. Anyway, well, yeah, right, dude, where the guy pret- the guy pretends to be a Nazi and he says we must pretend. I had to read Slaughterhouse Five in high school, and by the I, I don't know, I read a Harry Potter should, books, you, or whatever. You, oh my god, god. You fuck, you've seen every you episode of Columbo twice, but you haven't read fucking Mother Night. I oh, haven't god. seen every episode twice, guy. I'm not gonna watch this one again, but yeah. John, you oh, see this. Brother. John, how many times did you see this one in prep for this? First, episode? first off, I not only want to say you probably should read Mother Night; it's excellent. Okay, but the thank you, John, matter. for agreeing with me. And also, I want to clarify: I, I said I read the Harry Potter books. I, I don't really enjoy those. I was just picking something. Yeah, else, no one's but, asking yeah. about fucking Harry Potter, yeah. dude. I'm but talking I, about I'm the future of entertainment here. All right, I'm talking That's about sure. you know the Mississippi Delta, the fertile earth. You know these things growing. This is the episode of television which. Uh, uh, it signified a, a, a sea change and in how is, we view entertainment. I think, I think uh, you are being a bit short-sighted here because we have not even talked about the George Went episode of Columbo on this podcast, and I think that would blow everything wide open. Oh, so I think if you, note, ever, if you ever saw that yep. one, that would that would completely set everything you're saying this evening aside. Side note, by the way, uh, George Wentz's parking spot I just walked by uh, about 30 seconds ago. See that dude, like, all the time oh, when really? I'm going to lunch. Like, literally all the time. In a golf if cart. You oh, my could God, all the time. Slip him, him a him post-it. Time. Slip crazy. him a post-it saying the JOMT podcast is looking for him. Slip when him we, a when we finally, when we finally get to our... Well, no, we finally get to our last episode in uh, 2019... Uh, 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 we're, we're looking for that guest to talk about his We're list. barely going to survive this episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Can I can I can I can yep. I say that I think there's one thing all three of us, regardless of what we feel about this episode, we can probably all agree on uh, that the sexual fake... arousal. You're correct. Oh, sure, but the uh, the fake TV show within this show, the um, uh, like the cops sort of uh, unsolved mysteries show, Crime Alert, has probably one of the worst fake TV show logos that has ever existed in the history of graphic design and television. See, you're wrong. It's one of the best, dude. It's uh, one of the best. Everything that's bad about this episode is good. You guys are not getting it. Jesus Christ, fucking grandpa. Dude, fucking throw out your old, you know, what you think is cool. Like, I, know, is I, know, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's important because I'm talking to someone who works on The Tonight Show, and oh, sorry, I forgot that that happened. Anyway. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, yes. uh, uh, I know you guys love Columbo. No, I do. hate Columbo. But, but, Therefore, uh, but admit, this is like the Bizarro episode. So, like, but we can admit I that this one it. is not a good episode. Like, I would say this is not only not a good episode of Columbo. It's not a good episode of television. There's a lot in here that's just sort of weird and clumsy and and badly edited and written and directed. And it's just that's the thing about liking a TV show a lot that you can also admit like. Yeah, it, it's got some a uh, lot of misses in with the hits, and I think John, uh, you agree with me on this, right? Yes. Thank you, John. But you did Rocky Horror Picture Show was initially seen as a plot. What about the Room? You know what I'm saying? Widely read as, as a cult classic. It's still a bad film, though, and this is still a bad episode of Columbo. Mm. But oh, you know what? Okay, I see what you're saying. So you're yes. saying you're saying there is some kind of objective truth in art. Is that what you're trying to say? I think that's what you're arguing for. Yes, if you if you enjoy something, you could admit that it's not always perfect. And Columbo, overall, a good episode, but there were definitely weak spots and definitely weak points because also they're trying to grind out a whole bunch of 90-minute episodes of TV over like a 30, 40 years, and once in a while... It, it's not going to be great. There's going to be some moments in there where the strain shows a little bit. They were just trying to get something done, or they were just kind of focusing on the next one after this, and it just kind of, things fall through the cracks. But then also you're surprised yeah. because you have to, like, actually, the, 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 you think about the crew working on this. They worked for weeks on this episode of TV, and you've got to wonder, like, as they're making it, do they think, like, this eh, this isn't our best one in the legacy of stuff. Maybe, eh, but they just punch through it, make it, get on to the next one and whatever, and this airs on ABC in the 1991, and there you go. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I, I think that they came together and made something beautiful, because here's what I'll say. I don't think you could replicate an episode that, that's this uh, uh, like with all these misses, I think it would be hard. You know what I'm saying? I think it's it's so many things came together to make this episode what it was. I think you could not make an episode like this if you had so tried, saying, and therefore it's beautiful. You're saying that it's like a, for instance, it's a, uh, what? It's a majestic mistake. Yes, oh. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like go. in college, okay? <laughs> there was this girl <laughs> who kind of walked like a horse. To get there, but all right? yes. Yes. There was yeah. a girl who kind of walked like a horse, all right? And she had this really weird walk. All right, I'm sorry, you know who I'm talking about, and we'll talk about so this sorry. after uh, after, uh, after we're not recording. And she had a weird walk. And, sorry, man, man, there was something you just wanted to kind of get in there. You just want, kind of wanted to see what was going on. And it wasn't like it was – I couldn't explain why all my friends and I wanted to sleep with this girl because she kind of had this weird horse walk, but it was just so unique. I'm running through names. I'm trying to figure out, but never mind. I'm so right. sorry, this, man. And this episode is like the girl who walked like a horse, is my point. This, this is the horse walking girl, this episode. I love it dearly. It's very, it's clumsy, it's genuine, it's ridiculous, it's terrible. But you know what? It's mine. It's mine. And it, uh, and, and, and I, I think it was beautiful. I, I love it. It's like a, a ray of sunshine and all of its mistakes and beauty, uh, shining through the dark, disgusting, self-pretentious clouds of Peter Falk and his stupid fucking show about this idiot detective. Oh, my God. All right. That's right. <laughs> the only redeeming quality of this terrible series. 
Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm uh, hey, I'm just Columbo. I'm an idiot, uh, but I I uh, I solve every crime because I'm a dumbass. I'm uh, I'm smarter than you, but I pretend. Oh, my wife, my wife really likes umbrellas. Shut the fuck up, dude. No one cares about your dumb wife. Shut up. Who cares? Sorry. Continue. Sure. So, uh, uh, Beverly from Larry Sanders is in this episode. Isn't that neat? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that neat? <laughs> She's a pleasant surprise. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, Penny Johnson. Penny Johnson's in this episode. Isn't that great? I love oh, seeing her and stuff. Uh, she's you a great. RJ, great. thank you for trying. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate it immensely. I just think myself. Oh, that was mean. I pissed my pants. I have a anyway, question. Uh, sure. Oh, do, oh, do you? Do you? I have a question. So they're rebooting. Eric. They're rebooting. They're rebooting MacGyver. Okay, they're rebooting MacGyver, which I think is. A I saw mistake. that this week. Why would you? Yeah, I saw that. Terrible yeah. mistake. Yeah. Why are you doing it now? If oh. they were to reboot Columbo, oh, would you guys be happy or sad? Would you be happy or sad that they reboot Columbo? Uh, we we we've actually uh, early uh, shows we talked about that because it came up like uh, Mark Ruffalo has said many times in interviews that he would love to play Columbo. And we opened up to our audience uh, a while back, saying, like, hey, if they well, did that... Say? Oh, they, they suggested many people, uh, I think uh, Sam Rockwell was somebody somebody suggested. Um, who else? Like, there's been, like, actresses, actors... I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, 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 the idea of rebooting it, because here's the thing. It's kind of like, if you love something, right? And I'm not going right. to shit on the fact you guys love Columbo, although... Oh, no, please! For, like, and you haven't yet. Yeah, no, I understand. I will say... Yeah. No, of course. I will say objectively, it's a terrible show, and anyone who doesn't believe that uh, is crazy. However, oh, sure, sure, of course, I can understand someone. Uh, you know, like I love MacGyver, an actual, real good show based on actual science uh, and, and things <laughs> that could really happen. I know gum, um, gum on acid yeah, tanks, gum blocking <laughs> acid. Show. Oh, it's great. Oh, I got some chewing gum. Oh, there's hydrochloric acid coming to this tank. Uh, let me chew some gum. I'll put it on there. Oh, we're safe. Thank God. Now let's run no, out I, my Pontiac Fiero. Sure. Yeah, no, we're ironic, good. Ironically enough, this episode feels like something MacGyver might have cobbled together. You know what? You're exactly right. This, right. Actually, this actually would have been a better episode of MacGyver than it actually was of Columbo. Yeah. I agree with you there. And you know what? Maybe that's why I like it, because I actually really like MacGyver. And this oh, is actually good. a very MacGyver-esque episode. In that way, I will say, like, perhaps maybe that's where uh, my – it's like how you can't uh, – you know, uh, you can't fool like uh, a baby's depth perception or whatever. I don't know, I'm making that up. But um, no, see if you hello? drop a baby on their. Oh, back okay. I, just, I thought I got disconnected. <laughs> I guess I just shocked you guys in the silence. Um, but no, oh, would, you, but, I, I would you want? Would yeah, that's that's uh, that's what happens normally when I talk to people. But would you yes. want them to reboot MacGyver or not? Would you do you like it pure as Peter Falk, or do you think would you like to see someone step into that shoe? those shoes, and bring MacGyver, not MacGyver, a Columbo to a new audience. It depends, because like, uh, sometimes I, I, I am not a fan of reboots and revivals of things, so I feel like make a new story. Like, make a new story with new characters. Right. But I feel, and you, you may not agree with me, or I'll be surprised if you don't, I feel like this is a strong enough premise that you'd have somebody else in there and do it as like a weird anthology thing where you actually have different actors playing this type of character. Oh, that's interesting. That, that's yeah. interesting. And that's come up before. Uh, Mallory Ortberg, uh, the writer uh, who we had on, she wrote a really great essay about that, about um, like uh, Columbo could kind of, at least kind of like America's Doctor Who. And it's eh, Doctor Who, whatever. Uh. But where every few years you would have a different actor playing it and you get different uh, you get, you get uh, actors or actresses, people uh, different uh, ethnic backgrounds, but playing this character and the basis of it is you've got someone who always gets really rich, successful people to just completely underestimate someone who's just going to take them down once they decide that they're too big for the law, that they can just murder people and get away with it. And it's like, no, you can't because someone is going to take you down. Because it's at that idea at the core of it that you could have different people playing that and have their different interpretations of it. So, I mean, in some way, I think I would just like new stories about new characters, new concepts, but then I could see the case for doing it in that way, where you have other people and see their different takes on it. I don't know. I, I go either way on it, pretty much. But I think, there, I think there's oh, yeah, validity sure. to trying it 
with other folks, but I think the turning it over and not having someone playing it for like another 30, 40 years would be more interesting than uh, doing it the other way. That's my take. Hot take. John, you? <laughs> uh, what was the question? Uh, about whether or not uh, having like a revival like MacGyver oh, oh, yeah, or Columbo. Yeah. I mean, I, we've uh, covered this. Yeah, we covered MacGyver. I have. I don't object to the idea of of revivals and remakes. I think they're ever since film has been done, we've done revivals and remakes. Maltese Falcon was the second time that movie was made. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and it's an adaptation of oh. a novel too. So I don't right. really care. Um, so yeah, I have no problem with them doing it. It's all about the execution. The only only thing that concerned me, and we used to talk about this on the early episodes, is that Columbo is not really meant to have a verifiable private life. It's meant to be a narrative that he's capable of constructing out of half-truths and truths and lies. But we have a tendency in contemporary uh, television programming... Oh, you want origins of everything. Yeah, Oh, that's interesting. They'll they'll want to have him to have a private life. They'll want to confirm he has a wife, the relationship with the wife. My money is there's an 80% chance that if Columbo were rebooted on a major network today, his wife would be dead. Uh, probably, yeah. Well, I mean, probably. The thing, so that's this, the stuff I would worry about. This weekend, uh, uh, we're flipping around, and the, the show uh, 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 my wife Laura and I used to enjoy watching quite a bit, uh, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, that went to Vincent D'Onofrio. I yeah. uh, caught one of those first time in ages, and they were getting, it was some episode, they were getting to a thing where like they brought like a nemesis, that they had this recurring nemesis thing, and it reminded me how dumb that got. That they had to have some kind of recurring villain for this New York City detective, because what New York City detective has an actual goddamn recurring villain who shows up every few months or so to vex him? And that reminded me of the fact that they wrote this whole thing in with his brother and his mother, and there's all this stuff because they felt yeah. like it wasn't enough. He was solving murders every week. No, no, we gotta have this backstory and everything else. Like, no, just have him solve interesting murders in an interesting way. Just do that. That's fine. That's, right. that's, that's they had okay. a good arc with him. They had a good arc with him already where he was suffering a degenerative mental illness, and that that's fine. You're yes. done. You don't need to layer more on top of that, which, yeah. which that comes into this episode where they layered way too much crap on this, and it seems like it's yeah. that sort of syndrome with people writing stuff for TV, and it started probably about like uh, late eighties, early nineties, where it's like it's not just enough to have a good, basic, solid premise. You got to pile on and pile on and pile on because I don't know if you're worried that the audiences get bored, or as a writer, you just want to look like, look how smart I am. I put so much complex stuff in, but then you don't bother to tie it all together in a good way. And I think this episode suffers from that so much, as John pointed out. Yeah, yeah. earlier. I mean, it does... I will say, oh, where you saying? Well, I was going to say, you know, there's the impetus on storytelling is to maintain something organic unless the abandonment of an organic storytelling structure is what you're trying to accomplish with the story, like Jacob's Ladder, to name a really old example, um, with a Tim Robbins movie. Yeah. But uh, with this, all the changes, the juxtapositions, the transfer from scene to scene, and even elements of the murder – are highly inorganic. They're plugged in. Nothing just, flows from one thing to another. They're just there to be there to say, like, hey, look at this thing we threw in. That's yeah. it. Oh, there's we, like we no found good another reason. clue. Yeah. yeah, there's no good reason for it. It's just a bunch of crap they load in just to look like, hey, we've seen a whole bunch of mystery TV shows. Look at all the mystery TV show stuff we can put in. And that's pretty much what they did on this. They just, like, threw everything in just to show that they'd seen a lot of mystery TV shows. Or they'd watch a lot well, of yeah, episodes I... of Columbo. Like, good for you. Great. So the well, rest of us. Yeah. Geniuses. And, and that's and and that's kind of interesting. Interestingly enough, and to actually be serious, that's why I like this episode because it did seem like like a copy of 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 a Columbo episode. It almost seemed like a parody of itself, mm-hmm. which I thought was great, and that's why I like it because it's like it's taking it's it like imagine this was not an episode of Columbo. It's just another detective TV show. You could easily say, wow, they are making fun of Columbo in this episode. They're making fun of a Columbo episode. Like, the crazy hoops that are jumped through. The fucking ridiculous characters. So ridiculous, So, like, 16 different unmotivated things. Like, the, the, the heights to which you have to suspend your disbelief to follow 
even like one thread of this fucking stupid episode. Well, that's why I liked it because it's taking it itself, and it's almost like I feel like it was these writers like are having to compete with early '90s television, but in this old framework. It's sort of like, well, fuck, like let's go back, let's take an episode of Columbo and make it like an early '90s show. That's why I liked it because it was fucking hilarious you're, I think, like, don't if think, i was gonna I rip like Columbo, i would do i would write an episode like that. i i think you're giving them a lot of credit now you're giving, oh, them, credit, you're giving, giving them way too the much credit, you're giving them way too much credit for doing some sort of weird meta commentary on it i don't think that's it no no i, I know they, they didn't mean to do it no no, no. Yeah. they didn't mean to do it at all i'm sure they didn't mean to do it mm. but my point is they did do it and that's why i like it so like, this is they like did a, do it this is like an outsider art thing. This is where an art yeah. brute scenario. Eh. Yeah. Which has, yeah, I, I, I got to give you, it has value. Yeah. Yeah, it's got right. some, but and, oof. If but, I'm going to have sitting through an episode of television, that a lot of it value. It is hard. It is hard. Yeah. To see. see, you guys actually, the thing is, you guys are are looking at it from in from a perspective of people who like Columbo. You're like, oh my god, this episode fucking sucks. I'm looking at it from the perspective. Of somebody who does not like Columbo at all, and so I loved it because I was like, "Oh my god, this highlights everything I hate well, about this dumb no, show." Also, I was like, "This I, is perfect." I'm also looking at it uh, from the perspective of someone who doesn't like uh, wasting his time watching a crummy episode of basic television because <laughs> this doesn't. Oh, even, see now this, you know how I saw when I watched the first episode. <laughs> there you guys you go. Watch. But this doesn't succeed even Dang. on that level for me, where it's like this is just uh, boring television. I just have to get through. I mean, it, they're just so yeah. And, and the, the reveal at the end is unpleasant, and it just, it's like, oh, oh the dog scratched up his car. Okay. That's how he got Wolverine him? Wolverine claws. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was laughing yeah. so I've, hard at that point. I've, oh driven, I've driven into driveways where they have a large dog who comes up excited to, to the side of your car. Uh, dog, I never had to go to the body shop afterwards to replace my door panel <laughs> after that. I, that was, that's never been a problem for me. So I'm not sure exactly how Bud oh, was yeah. sharpening his uh, dog's claws after he was chainsawing uh, every night. I believe, it's, a, I believe it's, half, it's half Golden Retriever, half Wolverine. Yeah, there so. you go. That's got to be it. But, but, but now look at it from my point of view. That is, that is as insane as most of Columbo's clues. <laughs> like... That is as ridiculous in a lot of ways as a lot of other episodes of Columbo. So why not have a dog scratch up the side of a car? Why not have him do that? You're just taking uh, something to its realistic, crazy conclusion on the arc it's already been set upon. So, so, um, and that's all. Why not have the dog bark along with the crime alert theme song at the very end of the episode? <laughs> why not do just, things like that? For, for this for this to even be farce, much less satire or parody, though, there has to be a root character who's I, who's natural in the environment, and I don't think they have a character who's no, natural. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. No, okay, touche, touche. The best touché, the best thing touché. they have, and they I think they flub this, is they do have George Hamilton, and Hamilton is really good at camp. Yes. And every time he's about to be super campy, they cut the camera. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's like seven or eight scenes where he starts to throw a face and he's yeah, about to point. get quite George Hamilton. Like, oh, you! Right. And then they just yeah. go away from that. Yeah. You know, what, you know what's really sad? We're actually getting into some interesting stuff about this. And uh, everybody listening to the show uh, probably uh, hit stop on their little iPod boxes about uh, 15 minutes ago. We're going <laughs> to. <So, laughs> that's right. I think we might give them the cheat code of when the serious talk starts. <laughs> Tell them. Yeah. We actually you, could just start, you, could, you could just start the podcast in the last five minutes. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> it. We're going to go um, 90 yeah, minutes like, on this one. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, previously yeah. on. So, um, uh, but yeah. no, I, I will say I, I truly did, and this is not a joke, I truly did enjoy this episode. Really? For all the reasons I named. I, I like, truly the emails did. and texts I got from you did indicated otherwise. When, like, the two it only, well, before. of course. Listen. Yeah. You gotta salt the meat. I'm not gonna reveal my hand before I get on the podcast. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, part of it is, uh, and part of it is the fact that I mean, if, I would never would have obviously watched this on my own because uh, I value um, the my life too much. But um, the, I, it did give me great joy to watch this to think that I would come on and talk to you two guys about this episode because 
I got to say, it was so bad, it was good in a certain way. I mean, if you're listening to this, don't ever watch this episode, ever. Yes, I have to. I, I, have, I can't say that I would argue against that advice because right. it is not good. Right. Yeah. I, but if you're, I, going, if, if you're going to watch this episode and then go on RJ and John's podcast and talk about it, then I highly recommend watching this episode because <laughs> it's hilarious. I, uh, I did... I did want to like it on that level because, you know, there's a lot of movies that are awful that I enjoy. Like Batman and Robin is a terrible movie, but oh, I have yeah. watched it nine or ten times because it's wow. hilarious. And because yeah. it's uh, – I don't want to get too far into it, but Joel Schumacher has really cast this kind of like anti – this erotic anti-masculine character in Batman. He's upended the entire macho superhero idea. Right. <clears throat> And he seems to be making fun a little bit of Tim Burton, who, you know, was important to get the series started, but by that point in his career was getting a little treacly and fay. Yeah. So that's why I like that. I wanted to like this better. I have to admit, I'm uh, I'm not going to watch it again, but I'm willing to think it over in my head. And I can actually think of a couple scenes where, and I'm going to credit the director on this rather than the writers, because I yes. don't think the writers have this going on. No. But there's a couple scenes that really that seem to be overturning motifs and themes that were overused in the nineties Columbo. Like the, the show opens on a phone noir thing. There's the oh, light coming through the lines yeah, yeah, yeah. and the sultry music. And they've been doing the sax solo and they've been doing phone noir stuff for the entire run of the nineties. And it's always grating and irritating and out of place. And here it turns out it was a segment on a TV show. Wah, wah, you got sucked in. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so a good point. I can see that being one of the pieces. I think there's another one where when we're in Robert Donner's porno shop and Columbo Which walks actually, in. Actually, that's a nice scene. Somehow, it's a nice scene. Somehow the scene in the porno shop is the nicest <laughs> scene where Robert, Robert Donner, Donner. <laughs> is like very honestly sad that his old war buddy has been murdered. Oh yeah, all the bad That's one of the only one of the only human nice scenes is the one that takes place in the seedy 90s porno shop, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, what like yeah. a fuck you, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> But then, uh, well, that's actually, oh my god, was that intentional? Because putting the most, suddenly giving the victim his human backstory so that we actually feel bad that he's dead happens in a porno store. Yeah, yeah. That, if that's it's intentional, it's that's so actually pretty brilliant. Yeah, it's I'm actually great, yeah. Out. But also where he See, wants... you guys, listen, this might just be the best episode of Columbo they ever fucking made, dude. Not even, not even <laughs> close. Open your mind. Open but, your uh, mind. <laughs> but Columbo walks into the porn shop, and there's a there's a pervert in Columbo's same raincoat. Right, yes. Which is another little yeah. rant, rant moment. But yeah, maybe again it's commentary about how you keep this character running long enough, and it becomes a perversion to have this unchanging character over Well, no, yeah, and, and the guy looks them up, it looks Columbo up and down in the raincoat, uh -huh. and he goes like, I hope we both have fun tonight, pal. And he's kind of snickers and, was, and leaves. And that was the worst. Oh, and you know what? I have creepy. a third thing. That was the worst. It was so weird. <laughs> I have a third thing that might actually be intentionally upsetting the apple cart. What? Because this episode, which <clears throat> is focused on an Unsolved Mysteries type program and also features a really pale, <laughs> unnecessary uh, uh, parody of the Emmys... Oh, the TV Awards. The TV Awards yeah. runs right after Unsolved Mystery on another channel and was opposite the Grammy. Or, uh, was it opposite the Grammys or the Emmys? It was opposite the Emmys. Wait, so they ran this episode that they had a very weak imitation of the Emmys opposite the Emmy Awards that, yes. that, that night, back in 1991. That's, well, that's crazy. Well, that's great, that's then. That's fucking hilarious. And the fact, they couldn't, come up they couldn't come up with a better name than the TV Awards for their no, fake no, television awards show. Pull back, pull back. I was wrong. It's the Grammys. But still, it's oh, a big show. Still, it's a big award show. Still, though, an award show, though. But still, it's weird that it's like the TV Awards. Blair, you've been to the TV Awards. Are they as glamorous? I'm nominated for, I'm nominated for a TV Award this year, dude. There you oh, go. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Were you nominated for Best TV? Yes, exactly. Best, Best TV. TV. Exactly. Ten years in a row. Best TV. Uh, Phil Hartman um, still can't win it. See, I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. There's more. There's yeah. There's more to. Uh, there's more to this than meets the eye, dude. It's on, on a meta level. You know, on a meta level, this is a great episode of Columbo. But I can't... Because it's a terrible episode of Columbo. Uh, I'm still committing to the idea that this is this is the portion 
where once a creative pro- something creative leaves the hands of the author and falls into the audience, it becomes the audience's. And I think we're doing oh. this. I don't think the authors yeah. did this. Yeah, I, oh, I no, would but it, but you know what? Many, much here. many great, many great artists aren't appreciated till after their death. Many great TV shows are not appreciated till after they go off the air. That's... Same thing with this episode. Not a, not appreciated till it was put in the hands of people smarter than those who made it. That's well, thank God Judy Lampu wrote a 1,600-word biography, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna so go we'll read not that, miss anything about yes. she, actually, she actually covers celebrities she has seen in passing. Yeah. <laughs> what? It is the worst yes. bio. It is, oh, God. It is either the worst bio or the greatest act of civil disobedience I have ever seen. Yes. <laughs> Abby Hoffman wishes he had IMDb. <laughs> I, I probably this episode of the podcast. I'm going to uh, put a label on it that says black tape, a blank tape. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. What is that? That's uh, blank tape. There's so much in this episode exactly. that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't. Well, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just awful, and I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to cast a lot of the scenes from this in the framework of if it had appeared on Sledgehammer. <laughs> oh, I yes, have... actually. You know, oh, what? there we go. Yeah, actually, that. Yeah, oh, and interesting. I like if that. the scene. If the that scene works. where we briefly see young George Hamilton's character, young Wade Anders, in the porno, they show a lot of butt on that for '90s ABC Sunday Night. Right? Oh my goodness! And it's, so and it's also it's also clearly not George Hamilton or oh, anyone who looks like George Hamilton. Yeah. That yeah. if that had been on Sledgehammer, that would have knocked me on my ass. That would have been the funniest thing. <laughs> it would have been hilarious. But on here, it's like, eh, what is this? Yeah, this is the context is wrong. But if it was on Sledgehammer, would have loved it. Yeah, there we go. It's all about they, context, gentlemen. It's all about context. There's a there's a line that uh, an interviewer says to him that again, if an interviewer had said this on Sledgehammer, I would have found it hilarious. I heard you were a security consultant. It sounds like a Cinderella story to me. What? That is a terrible line of dialogue, uh, except if you were trying to get through a scene on Sledgehammer. Yeah, that's true. What was it called? Bullet to the Face. And that was on Bullet to the Face. Oh, that was a second. I still haven't seen that yet. I want to. Oh, I, so I should see that. I should see that. Yeah, I haven't seen it. But yeah. The Bullet to the Face or Bullet in the Face. Bullet in the Face. Um, but it's like, it's like, it, it is, it is, I think this episode is summed up in that old adage, which is like the difference between comedy and tragedy. It's like, you know, tragedy is something bad that happens to me. Comedy is something bad that happens to you. Right. But, and but for you, me, you fall down, this is something. The man yeah, hole. this is yes. something bad. This, this is something bad that happened to you guys. <laughs> so it's great for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to hit that, RJ? You want to talk about how many times I saw this? Yes, actually, I saw this thing. Uh, so we were originally going to do this. Well, I'll tell you how long ago we were originally going to do this. Uh, back just after uh, Prince had died, and I was going to definitely bring up the fact that uh, Morris Day in the Time, uh, their song Jerk Out, is in this, and I thought, that's awesome. That's the only good thing about this episode. Um, but yeah, we've had like a two delays. I've seen it like a two times, two and a half times, just kind of refresh the couple times you were supposed to do it. John has seen it more than that. John, how many times have you seen this? Seven oh times. God. Seven times. Oh my God. John, why, oh my God. why have you seen this episode seven times? Here's why. Is there a purple heart? Oh my God. <laughs> I was binge watching Columbo a few years back, saw it the first time then, didn't like it, moved on. Sure. Before, before we did this episode, I like to watch each episode twice before we record the podcast, so That's, I watched it twice. Yep. Then we rescheduled the episode. And it had taken so long that I watched it two more oh, times. Two more no. times. And then we rescheduled it again. And I watched it one time. And I had to watch it another time to get the screen caps. Oh, God. Oh, right. my I that. God. Now, I want to point something out. Sure, sure. Please do. Please clarify. I have, I have never seen sure. The Bicycle Thief. But I have seen this episode seven times. I just saw I just saw Paris, Texas about two months ago for the first time. I have seen this seven times. Wow, I feel sick. That's terrible. Yeah. There you go. I feel physically ill. Holy if shit. If I'm unreceptive to the idea that it might actually be brilliant, that's why. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> 
That's very understandable, <laughs> and I, I, I'm sorry for you, John. I, I feel bad. Yes, <laughs> wow, I am really sorry. That is... That is just awful. Well, we were getting... I don't, no joke here. It's just terrible. <laughs> well, I don't want this to be one of our episodes that hits an hour, so we should start wrapping things up. Um, Why not? We actually have some good stuff, and we're going to tell people to skip the first 20 minutes. Yes, we will. <laughs> there you go. Why not? But um, read the 1,600-word IMDb biography. Oh, for sure, sure, of course. Um, I was looking over notes, uh, some, some uh, weird, odd things I wrote down. Uh, the fact that uh, the murder victim in his car, the cassettes he has, uh, simply Red's album, Men and Women, um, the West Side Story soundtrack, their Dirty Dancing soundtrack, and the uh, Thompson Twins' Close to the Bone. That's the murder victim. He enjoyed all of that music. I'm not sure what you can read about the guy from all of that. Um, but, oh, yeah, I love, I love the fact that... Uh, uh, Columbo at one point refers to um, George Hamilton's adult movie as a party film. Yeah, that's a nice. That's a nice reference. I kind of want to start using that for uh, pornos. A party film. He also calls it a skin flick about forty times. Yes, a skin flick and a party film. And, and also, the name of George Hamilton's film was Holly Does Houston, which of course, a yes. not so veiled reference to uh, W Does Dallas. They never explain how George Hamilton's character actually gets the bottle of lethal poisonous liquid nicotine that never <laughs> is in there, which I think that's kind of sloppy because other episodes, they show how they kind of get, you know, what they use to kill the person. And this one, I just had some lying around, I guess was able to inject they had too much other, they had too, too much other ground to cover. I guess so. Yes. Yeah. They had too much of that. Uh, one thing I was really disappointed in, uh, the scene towards the end, where Columbo kind of makes a connection with the dog scratching on the door, he gets that in almost uh, crashing with um, George Hamilton's car in the parking lot of George Hamilton's office. And, and watching it, when that first happened, it's like, oh, he's doing that to be clever, he's playing dumb. It's like, no, they just had Columbo being a clumsy, bumbling idiot, which I thought yeah. that was, I didn't like that. Because in the past, they would have had him being like, oh, he did that on purpose, but like, eh. I don't know. They just gave up at that point. Yeah, yeah, they did pretty much give up with a lot of things in this. There, yeah, the the absolute ending. I'm I am casting through the lens of Sledgehammer, and it works perfectly because. <laughs> oh, a dog they, got me. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, ready? Because they bring in the dog, and they also bring in the neighborhood child. Yes. Why would they bring in the ten year old? That's where. There's, there's no, no reason to do so that dumb. except that it's on TV, and you bring a kid with a dog. And then there's a scene that happens right after that. There's a guy named Frank who's hiding in the closet with a camcorder. <laughs> yes. Frank. And they they go, Frank, did you get that? And he opens the door, and there's no way he could have been filming through the door. No. He's just there in a spot <laughs> that makes it look like he was on the toilet. You know what? That that almost makes me uh, that almost gives credence to Blair's theory a little bit. Oh. God. There that we go. Of, I'm telling you guys. This, I'm telling you guys. That's remember my theory. Me. That's remember leading my theory me over. That, yeah. My theory that Columbo is an antibody for television characters. Oh, sure. That, yeah, inside of murder. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think Blair might be an antibody. It might be a virus that actually like changes our minds about what constitutes television. Yeah, I'm the agent. I'm the agent Smith of Columbo lovers. That's right. I stick <laughs> my hand in you, and you just, the black slime pours over your eyes and into your mouth. John, I think it's it's really it's really only at the uh, the eighth viewing you start really getting the nuances. So I'd watch it again if I were you. Oh, oh I just oh, realized oh, in order sorry, to get please. the additional screen caps I need to cover all the stuff we didn't talk about, I'm gonna have to watch it an eighth time. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes. Fast forward, no. Scan, That's scrub right. Through, scrub through. Oh, another thing. Right. Some of the worst. Join the Matrix. Join the Matrix. <laughs> some of the worst ADR I've ever heard is when George Hamilton. Which ends up being a major plot point clue, where he's coming to his office, going like, "Trim all the hedges this week, thanks, Juan." It's so obviously recorded in some sound booth years later. It just sounds terrible. He, he, he recorded thanks, it. He recorded it while he was doing those uh, KFC commercials that are on now. He must have. That's that was looking forward. Wow. Yeah, no, they were very smart about it. It's yeah. <laughs> and Netflix threw them in there. 
Oh, and also, and then, then when you first meet uh, him, uh, before the murder even happens, uh, when he's talking to uh, Penny Johnson from the Larry Sanders show, uh, who's his producer on this crime alert show, they they stand in front of like a bunch of rack of like um, uh, switcher equipment in their TV studio, and there's so much exposition. Well, you got this show three years ago by being a security consultant who saved so-and-so's wife. Yes, I know. I've had this job for quite a while. People got mad at me, though, who may be coming to talk to me tonight. Like, oh, my God. It was so awful. It was so clumsy. There was just nothing organic about it. And they're just, oh, okay, well, we're just going to have these two people stand here and, and tell you why these characters are at this point in their lives. So then we get on with the story. As opposed to, ugh. Oh isn't that really? But when you when you take off the bone white mask of what television is, isn't that the leering grin underneath every TV show? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's a least... meta commentary on but... trying to get a plot <laughs> stop, across to tell that. narrative fiction. Stop it! <laughs> I think it's someone just didn't want to bother putting the work in. John, I'm going to ask you something. Yeah. Is this one worse than Undercover? I think this is worse than Undercover. <sighs> Well, in the context of how we've been discussing it, I'm not sure. Oh, no. Because oh, undercover. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Listen to him. He's Come like a comic, comic book <laughs> supervillain. Jesus. He's Dr. Doom standing on the on the edge of the, of the Baxter <laughs> building trying to lure Franklin. Come, Franklin, be part of my empire. And Reed and Sue can only plead for him. Uh, well, because... Undercover was was an artless attempt to restructure Columbo into a different format for the purpose of creating a spinoff. It was cynical, it was poorly contrived, and uh, and it, it did nothing interesting with its new format. It was just plugging it into an existing procedural format. Right, right. This, this is a work of art brute. I oh, think no. Aaron's right. Oh, my God. That, That's right. See, I'm telling you guys. Genius. It's still awful, but and it's not it's not intentionally disrupting the form, but it accidentally disrupts the form in such a way that it becomes a commentary on itself. It's a weird anti-Columbo. It's a weird it sort of so artistic yeah, anti-Columbo. So, right. You know what this because is? Because of that, that's me just crumpling up my notes for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing them aside. That's I it. Actually, if it were if it came down to hey, you had to choose between one of two terrible Columbo episodes to watch Underworld and this, I would tell you to watch this one. Oh, I, I like if you're just, I got I got to throw in on this. Yeah. All right. Get in. Oh crap. Oh no. What it's, is happening? It's the honor majesty secret service. It's the George Lazenby. Hey, that's of, actually, uh, that's actually better than some of the Conneries, but yeah, that, that's better than, <laughs> it's better than diamonds are forever. Way better. Well, that's high school for sure. Wow, my dad's high school girlfriend is in that movie. And what? Holy shit! Whoa, that's crazy. She was the Bond. She was the Bond girl in it, and I've actually forgotten her name. She was on Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. Oh my god! Uh, they they both attended the American Academy in Berlin together, and I can't. Why can't I remember her name? Good lord! That is she, insane. Holy she played shit. the shapeshifter character. Uh, look look that up. Catherine, as I... Catherine Shell. It's Catherine Shell. I'll be damned. Well, there yeah, you go. He did, he that's insane. Yeah, there you go. It happens. Yeah, my wow. small world. I think I think uh, my dad dated a woman named Ruby once. Oh. <laughs> there we go. There, there we go. go. Well, yeah, there we go. That's, uh, I'm glad we shared that information amongst ourselves. All right. Hey, so uh, let's wrap this thing up a little bit. Oh my God, this has been a whirlwind roller coaster. Uh, overall, uh, so so Blair, you you enjoyed this as a thing that just. Burned Columbo to the ground. Is that what I understand? That's right. I I enjoyed it as a as a basically an art piece, a commentary on Columbo and uh, exposing the flaws for the beautiful artistic uh, uh, gem it is in the crown of uh, shit that is the rest of Columbo. I I thought it was a crummy episode of television, <laughs> but. I, I am willing to think of it in this new light which has been uh, shown upon it because it's, it's got to be better than what's there. 
So sure, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's, it's it's better than what I watched twice. So okay, fine, I'll do that. So I don't feel like I wasted those hours of my precious, precious little life. <laughs> At least I did it in the service of some sort of art. John, there we go, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think, and what would you rate it? Well, okay. So first, I just want to say to, to your point, you can like think it's a terrible movie and think that it has this disruptive quality okay. at the same time because it's certainly in. If you look at the intentions and the execution, it's terrible. But if you look at like the frisson of the artistic vision versus the audience reception, it becomes this outsider art piece. <clears throat> if I'm going to compare it to anything, I'm going to compare it to Roger Ebert's Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Oh! Oh! There we go! Yeah! yeah. There Goodness. we go! That's oh, that interesting. In. All right, sure, sure. Yeah. Why not? There we go. Now you're talking my language. Okay, but as we get as we get to the rating, I want to point out a couple things that this, really this do thing's, point. This is like a flaming wreck already. Why not? Go ahead. <laughs> I want to point out, by the way, I love Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. That's an insane. It's sound. a fun, strange thing. It's got a great soundtrack. Oh, and I wanted to tell you, too, when we were talking about Mother Night earlier, and you, you should go see the movie adaptation, too, with Alan Arkin in it. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nick Nolte. does a great job. Hmm. And Nick Nolte's so good in every every uh, Vonnegut adaptation. Oh, oh, He's really and, good. And also, I can talk about the movies with Alan Arkin. Uh, also, Peter Falk, uh, if anybody has a chance to uh, pick up the uh, Criterion edition of The In-Laws that has just recently been released in the last two weeks... Please do that. It looks beautiful. There's a wonderful Alan Arkin interview about the film on there. Do that. It's an amazingly funny film. Sorry. Go ahead. Awesome. Oh, no you problem. know what I heard is actually, not to derail this, but I heard that Hulu has all the Criterion movies. Huh? They, they have do, an assortment. They do for now, an assortment. but an assortment. they're leaving because, I just found out today, uh, Hulu, oh, and, Hulu and TCM have developed their own website and app that's launching this fall. Oh, there so you go. So it's the only on there until that happens. Yeah, so the Criterion stuff oh, is leaving. So it's this brand new subscription monthly thing that all the Criterion stuff and a whole bunch of the TCM stuff is going to be on there. Both those companies will oh. be um, curating it. They've been developing the last year or so, but I think, yeah, this fall is when it's coming up. John, please keep going, and I will look that up. Hold on one second. Yeah, okay, I will uh, I'll subscribe to that. Um, see if we can get a, a like a cut of anybody we send over there. Sure. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> To uh, to just underline the uh, underline the point that I don't think it was really well done. There's a backstory. I think it's the same backstory that RJ was talking about. There's a ton of exposition about Anders having saved some corporate bigwig's wife from a serial harasser or something. Yes, and it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It's no! bullshit. No, ah, <clears throat> so, you don't see that guy. You don't see the guy who hired him no, ever at all. No, it's, means ah. nothing. And it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like the um, uh, Parker Stevenson was episode. Is that what I'm thinking of? Parker Stevenson. Oh no! Uh, no uh, what, what, Steven Seagal. Fisher. Fisher Stevens. Fisher, Fisher Stevens. Stevens yes. Thank you. God, Lord. Parker Stevens can't lose or whatever. Anyway, yes. <laughs> where he where his like his turning on his boss actually has some kind of consequence. Anyway. Um, also, before I get around to uh, to giving my rating, I'd like to offer my apologies to the listeners, uh, to Peter Falk and the hardworking members of Columbo, and to the girl who walks like a horse that Aaron was trying to huck his dick into. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's just there's something weirdly sexy about that. I, oh, I'm, that's fair I'm enough. I'm sure she's happily married with a lot of little foals running around. Oh, oh dear God. Good Our Lord. thoughts go out to Thunderhoof and her wonderful children. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Gosh, anyhow, anyhow. Oh, God, now I've gone evil. Now I've gone completely evil. Yes. Yeah, join me, Agent happened. Smith. Join oh, me, God. join me. One of the agents, join me. And so anyway, I, <laughs> I give it uh, out of a full pack of Victory Kings, the for the constantly <laughs> smoking sensation. Victory Kings, the yellow filter stain lets you know that it's working. Victory King cigarettes. <laughs> out of a full pack of Victory King cigarettes, I give it zero Victory King cigarettes. But... Uh, I think out of, if uh, from Andy Warhol's 12-hour static film of a case of Victory <laughs> King cigarettes, I would give it 10 cans of soup. And I looked it up. The, the website, if you go to filmstruck.com, that is the new venture between TCM and Criterion. I don't know much about it, uh, aside from just going to the website and reading a little bit, but I, if those two... Uh, film folks are getting together to do something. 
it, it might be a pretty good deal. So check yeah. that out. You can sign up for updates. And yeah, they ought to give us some dough. The Netflix never has. And yeah, how, if ma- you, uh, how, 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 many, how many tens of people have we sent over to Netflix to watch Columbo over the last three years, right? <laughs> Please. How come we don't have a Flowers.com sponsorship? Everybody else does. I don't know, because we keep asking Go to Flowers.com at least. Yeah. yeah, go to stamps.com and enter the savings code. Those Casper Just mattresses all over the goddamn place, yeah. Right. How about anyway. Pornhub? Can we get an endorsement with Pornhub? Oh, that'd be something, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think man. you mean Party Film Hub. That's party right, yes, hub? Party Film Hub. Thank you. All right, well, uh, Aaron, if at this point anyone wants to see what you're doing these days, where should they go on the internet? Oh, go to uh, teamcoco.com. See me on there, of course, AaronBlair.com for all your Aaron Blair needs. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Oh, well, this no, was great. Awesome. I'm glad I, I managed to pull John over to my side. There you go. I love it. I think our deck got you, too. A little bit. A little bit. I think bit. I, got, a bit. A bit. I, think I got both of you guys. I will never watch this episode again, but a little bit. But, you know, we should actually mention you um, and uh, tell people where to go see this. You you had a short film that played at the Cannes Film Festival this past year. Where, where can people I did, go? yeah. I can... Where can it people go to Sunday see that online? Can, and it's all over. You can go uh, to howtoloseweightin4easysteps.com, and it's right on there. All right. Um, so you, you can see it there. It's that easy. You were um, able to uh, trick the French. So great, good for you. Because those people, those people are not easily fooled by the Nazis. So, yeah, good work. Good work. Good work. Good work congratulations, on, congratulations on winning the Palme d'Or, too. Yeah, yeah, right. Thank yeah, you so you, much. It was you, you, a you and, short film, yeah. They love you and Woody Allen and Jerry. Lewis, so that's a great, that's a great company to be in. Great company to be in. Congratulations on that. All right, well, that's the show for this time around. Uh, if you want to listen to other episodes of Just One More Thing, New World, uh, you go to jontpodcast.com or go to the podcast section of iTunes or Google Music or Stitcher or whichever uh, app you happen to use to listen to such things. We're on all of them. Uh, if you want updates uh, that are rather regular, you can go to jmtpodcast.twitter.com. Uh, you follow us on Twitter also, what a surprise, JMT Podcast, uh, where we uh, post things that people post on Tumblr. Uh, there's a lot of Columbo fans on there, plus John will post screen grabs, uh, expanded thoughts on the episodes, and deploy. I'm sure there'll be plenty on this one. And warnings about, uh, what, to, <laughs> warnings about what to fast forward through on our episodes. Um, if you want to write to us and... Uh, gee, I, I'm sure you're going to write to us about after this one. Uh, you can write to Columbo at thecitydesk.net. Uh, that's program for this time around. I'm R.G. White. I'm John Morris. And I'm tired, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Very tired, <laughs> so very, very tired. Oh, listen, just one more thing. We're going to be so evil <laughs> on the next episode. Oh, goodness. <laughs> It's just going to infect our black hearts, and whatever we're watching next is going to get... My, going to get my job is done, fellas. My job is done. <laughs> and he swoops his black cape and disappears <laughs> into the yeah, night. that's right. Boom. Smoke bomb. There you go. <laughs>